You know what? What's kind of funny is you were, um, like, a couple months ago, you were always complaining. You are always complaining about, like, your high divine low immortal pubs and just, like, how awful <laughs> they can be. And yes. now that I'm there, I just, like... I I, I, I I completely completely understand where you're coming from just because I feel like mid divine to low like mid divine to high divine is kind of at that point where everybody has like maxed out as far as they could get based off of exclusively ability to farm and like mechanical skill easy it, stuff and like the the decision making is literally still stuff like it's like Stuff archon that level. Require a lot of thinking. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the like decision making and like should we take this but, fight? What is a power spike? But, is literally but archon people, level. <laughs> but these people have the biggest egos in Dota because yes. they're divine and immortal. Yes. So they think that they've accomplished this. You know, you know that most players set that as like their goal. They're like, oh, I right. want to get divine or I want to get immortal. Those are just like the, the, uh, the, the golden. You know, it's like. It's, it's like the highest the highest level like you can casually really get to right and people, people want to get that to like apex their skill and uh so they think that when they get there they've apexed their skill but it's 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 quite the opposite that's like that's kind of like the baseline that's when that's when you can really start understanding actual dota right I, I don't i don't mean to sound like elitist in that sense it's just that as you were saying donnie up until that rating people get carried by pure impulse yeah. not a lot of thinking really has to happen because you can well number one it's way easier to just keep queuing exactly. and that's what most people do because it's just a game people are trying to have fun so it makes it makes sense it's not unreasonable uh nobody not a lot of people maybe dota players aside not a lot of people want to research and study a game you know it's it's like i i, I understand that but at that point you have to if you want to get better you have to actually put put a lot of effort in right it's yeah fun. it's just so funny it's, it's it's just really so funny like the contrast because you'll also get the people that got there through like cerebral approach to the game and not so mechanical because that can also carry you and that can carry you perhaps even farther than mechanics can because dota is essentially about making good decisions all the time and so you have this weird dichotomy where sometimes you get these games where everybody is like on the same page. Everybody like can look at the map and read what's going on in the game. And they're like, oh, okay, a BKB means that we can actually fight now. Or like a, a ultimate coming off a cooldown means that we should probably smoke up or group up and push a tower. And then you also have in the exact same games, you have people who are like, I need to go hit creeps for 35 minutes and then I will press my buttons really fast and hope that we win the game. And it's like, sure, that's worked for you because, I mean, let's be honest. There are a fuck ton of guys out there. There are so many people on Reddit. There are so many people who've made YouTube videos in the past. On, on YouTube. Who literally, their, their entire thesis on how to win solo queue games is go sit in your jungle and farm for 30 minutes 1v5 yeah it's 1v5 1v9 and that is so stupid it's so bad it's not dota and it's teaching people the wrong shit like you're not going to be a good player you're going to be good at hitting creeps you're going to be good at casting your spells but you're not going to be a good dota player so you could literally do anything else but play dota and like <laughs> it's just uh, you know it's just it's just weird that that, that I actually exists. had uh 
one of uh one of our Patreon subscribers today was uh, messaging me. One of the F is for Friends Patreon. Uh, his name's Banana Bomb, and he was he was you know asking me questions about pubs as I was pubbing, which was which was cool. It's nice to have a conversation about that. Yeah, especially because it kind of makes me realize like the shit I was doing wrong because he was watching it. So <laughs> it's like free coaching. But anyway, um, for me, but uh, he was asking or he was saying how uh, certain things might work in like my bracket and not in his bracket, and I mentioned to him. That uh, or he said something along the lines of like, oh, people in my bracket play a lot slower. People in his bracket, I should say, play a lot slower. So does that mean you can play slow as well? You can pick heroes that abuse playing slow. And what I said was, I'm a firm believer that just because people in your bracket play slow doesn't mean that you need to play slow as well. In fact, if you're the only person that's playing fast, I think you're going to be exponentially better than everybody in that game because it's such a good concept to play fast and you know there's a lot of other concepts that people are possibly missing in the lower brackets and if you just aren't missing those and you're not allowing yourself to succumb to other people missing those i i think you're going to be a lot better off and uh, i say that with like some anecdotal evidence from from recent um so i just did the jungle jam event and uh, z freak was there so i spent a lot of time talking to him i, I was basically just spamming him with questions because i was interested to, to just hear his insight because i think he's like an incredibly good player uh and he didn't pub at all. He's one of those players that just never pubbed uh, ever ever since he was playing with his brother. Like his his brother didn't pub that much, but Z Freak he he just plays like Dota Underlords and Dawn of War and these like random games and a bit of overthrow. But he's so good in gaming. He spends a lot of time thinking about the game. But he did come into pubbing. He for for whatever reason he he buckled down and he he started pubbing. So he went from rank three hundred to about rank fifty within a couple of weeks and. I don't know if you guys know what the MMR difference is between rank 300 and rank 50. It's it's like 1,500 or something like that. Right. He, he went from like 6.5K to like 7.9K within a period of like two weeks. And I asked him what he did to do that. And he said that he just went into games and played a good four roll. He just played what he thought was a good four roll. And in the games that he had a good core, he'd win. In the games that he had bad cores, he'd lose. But more often than not, there's at least one good core so that if he was playing a good four roll, that core would be able to carry the game based off of what he was doing on the map. Right. So I really think that the idea that you need to cater to your bracket and not just play good Dota is... It, it might not be incorrect... But I don't think it's an optimal way to gain MMR because That's really you're gonna gain to like you're gonna gain like 200 MMR, right? And then what you need to do in the different brackets gonna change. It's not sustainable. Right. It is straight up not sustainable. But what is sustainable is just saying, okay, I'm gonna formulate an opinion of Dota and just play good Dota, and I'm I'm gonna maybe win. I'm gonna maybe lose. I'm gonna have a 52% win rate instead of a 54% win rate in this 200 MMR bracket and then a 48% win rate in the next one above, and then you have to lose a bunch to learn. No, you're just going to stick at 52% and keep rising and keep rising and keep rising and be consistent and eventually just get super high rate. I, I think that's the play. I think you just play good Dota and you're you're going to win the game, which is why I don't like that a lot of these channels and a lot of these Reddit threads and everything, and I know we've done it in the past too, and I, I, I feel bad about it. I don't like the promotion of, of playing uh pub dota yeah. playing like solo dota and in, in one in 1v5 dota i think that's i think that's a, a toxic mentality because at a certain point it bites you in the ass and you need to learn how to do it the right way anyway so why the fuck not do it the right way from the get-go exactly i i think i mean i definitely have been experiencing this myself ever since i basically just started only playing hard support 
It's like, what would happen in the past is I'd play a bunch of hard support, I'd have good success, I'd win, and then I'd go on a streak of having like four or five games where all of my cores are just ass and like I'm not doing enough. Or sometimes I get lazy and don't do my job quite as well. And so I'd lose four or five games and suddenly be like, all right, all of my cores are terrible. And then I'd switch and play another role. And then I'd be like, you know, losing more games while I'm relearning how to play that role at the MMR that I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this constant relearning that you have exactly and now that i'm just playing hard support all the time i'll go through these little loss streaks every now and then sometimes it's like five six games but it never gets any bigger than that it seems like it's always like i'm just able to write the ship all of a sudden consistency exactly fosters consistency exactly and yeah i totally agree just like i just really like that idea of like playing the game correctly being what's promoted as opposed to kind of like what's a hack to get the most MMR as quickly as possible. Just yeah, because then you're, you're constantly going to have to be finding these hacks. And right. And you're going to run gonna out and some of them are not going to yeah. work. And it's just like, you know, I was actually having a conversation with somebody on Discord earlier today and they were talking about just like exactly that concept. Like this works at my bracket and so that's just how i'm going to play the game and i was just like i mean that's fine but like you said it's just not it's just not optimal it's like you have found right. this approach that works but it's just not optimal and if you really want to get better you should try to optimize as much as possible instead of relying on like a crutch that's been winning you games i was actually talking to, to brax a couple of a couple of days ago i just spam him with questions on steam and he's he's cool enough to like answer because, you know, he's an offlaner, I'm an offlaner, so I kind of look up to him and just try to get, like, info from him if I can. So I was asking about, like, as an offlaner, let's say you're, like, a Sand King, right? What are typical items on Sand King? Pipe, Blink Dagger, Veil of Discord, right? These are very typical offlaning items. But I was asking him, what do you do in a, in a case of, of a game where you think that you need to be the one that hard carries the game? What if you think that your cores can't help in, in terms of carrying the game? And he said, essentially, that he'd rather lose building the right stuff then win with like the the wrong shit because more often than not when you build those other items like such as radiance or whatever you want to build on sand king to be like more of a hard farming slash carry hero then you're taking space from, from your cores and it just it messes up the entire game and you're, you're, you're not even playing dota so a lot of the time it'll just lose you dota based off of how the map like randomly changes by you being that hero that's that's taking that farm and uh you know in like 60 percent of games you're gonna you're gonna have a core or a support that can play with you and, and do well with you that if you just build the regular items you're gonna you're gonna win the game like there's a reason there are these roles in dota it's it's like a lot of these people that play five and then they they don't buy any wards and it's like well <laughs> there's a reason that after so many years of this game existing that there's a role that's that's dedicated to like buying all the wards and all the sentries and it and if you're not doing that then that's fine you don't have to enjoy that play style but you should play another role you should right. play another hero because that is good and it's required in a game and you're going to lose to anybody that's just doing the right stuff. And well, why do you want to lose? Well, who would advocate losing like that? <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I do want to like, I mean, I agree for the most part with what Brax is saying. And obviously he's objectively a better Dota player than I am, but I do think that there's something to be said about having like some flexibility in how you approach the game. Cause I, I don't think that you should always play like a position six, you know, you shouldn't always just starve yourself of, of no, of, no, right. Sometimes you do need to buy like 
all right, if I if I happen to get a hex this game, there's absolutely no way that we lose. If I happen to get a four staff this game, there's no way that we lose because they can't kill my cores. And so maybe you play a little bit more greedy than you would otherwise because your other players are not doing the job. And so it's it's not like you should completely turn into a carry when your team can't carry, but you should also consider what jobs are not being done. And it's more about right, the that's, jobs that's, than that's like the, the role. difference. It's yeah. it's the jobs. It's it's like objectively playing good dota versus just being upset at your team and thinking that they're bad and then playing in a different way you'd rather have like a kind of bad carry being able to play the game than to ruin their game because you think that they're bad and then you're the carry and all of a sudden you fucked up the map you don't have an offlaner now like that's kind of what brax is saying is exactly he doesn't he doesn't let his like emotions or idea of how bad people are in his games dictate the way that he plays he just he just if, if the game presents itself where he gets really farmed, you know, he'll take the farm and buy greedier items or something like that. Right. But he won't be like, oh, my carry's a moron. I'm not going to build this pipe because why do I even want to save him? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> right. So he, you'd, rather, you'd rather play good Dota. Yeah. And then if the carry makes mistakes, well, then fuck it. You lose. Arteezy loses games. You know, what can you do? Exactly. All right. Let's get into Alchemy Answers episode 46. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we got some good questions from our patrons. And if you want to ask questions directly to us every week on this show, go ahead and check out the link in the description below or patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy. We've got a lot of patrons these days, and we cannot thank you guys enough for continuing to support the channel, continuing to support everybody getting better at Dota. And uh, we're getting somewhat close to our, our next tier goal <laughs> we're gonna have to rethink some of these goals but right now the three, next two 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 the next goal is three two 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 per month and that will get me and jenkins playing 50 straight games of techies pudge dual laning together <laughs> <laughs> in real games on stream so if you guys want to see donnie, us with donnie playing pudge and i'm playing techies <laughs> right jenkins is not allowed to play pudge i'll be playing the pudge so maybe one day we'll get there <laughs> Holy shit! We shouldn't have we shouldn't have put that one on there. <laughs> such, a, such a huge mistake. Okay. Anyway, we'll get into the questions. Um, so Henrik says, "Can you explain support tiny item build?" Well, let me know if we did these before, by the way, because I'm, I'm not 100 percent remember. But Henrik says, "Can you explain support tiny item build and skill build to me like I'm five? Can I play that hero like Earthshaker with wave shoving and cutting capabilities later in the game?" I think it's very similar to Earthshaker, at least in the in the laning phase. Um, once the laning is over, tiny is just tiny. What yeah. what tiny job is is you just find somebody who's squishy in the fight and you blow them up in, in one hit. That's that's what tiny does. Like he, he's really good against like Oracle, Crystal Maiden, Rubick. They just random squishy high value supports. Uh, in in the laning stage, though, you're you're running around with toss and boots. Like Earthshaker runs around with Fissure. You just like look for opportunities, use your spells to like. You know, toss t- toss creeps to pull them, or with Earthshaker, like fissure waves, or toss creeps on cliffs to like pull the lane back. You're just doing whatever mechanics you can do with your with your your toss to to just try to have a good a good laning phase. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you can play it like Earthshaker at least yeah. in that regard. They both have a, a similar archetype in the laning stage for sure, where it's just kind of like you have like one semi long cooldown spell that you need to pick the right spot to use to potentially get a kill or like get a bunch of harassing somebody and then the rest of your time you're kind of just like soaking a little bit of experience here and there and looking for those opportunities yeah yeah exactly uh so yes 
the, the the skill build, the only like little nuance I would say of the skill build is you need to be really careful not to skill the ulti or the tree the tree toss because you don't get enough levels as a support and you want to be able to burst people in one hit when you get the blink dagger. So if you go for the other spells that are, aren't just the avalanche toss, then it feels really bad to not be able to one hit people in fights when you have the blink. It almost makes the blink kind of useless. So that's why people go four 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 zero zero on tiny support because you don't get enough levels. Makes sense. Um, NF says, how do you know how much chili powder to use when making homemade chili? I feel like my proportions are always off. I'm honestly not a, fan, a big fan of chili, so I've, I've never really made it. I've had it made for me. Um, chili powder, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... I don't know if that's the ingredient that you are really wanting to master. You just kind of put some chili powder in there. Chili is all about the ratio of the meat to the beans, really, and like you got to have some good onions, some garlic... Uh, and then some pepper, like big, some peppers a, a as big, well. A big thing with chili would be using fresh vegetables. If you could get like fresh tomatoes and fresh onions, and then maybe like you know some of your spices fresh, it's going to be a lot tastier than yeah. worrying about like the, the the chili powder, for for example. Um, for sure. But once again, I'm I'm not a big chili fan. I personally think chili is like quite a bit overrated. And um, other than the fact that it is it's on the healthier side for what you can eat. You know, it's more healthy than like a shitload of carbs in a meal, like pasta and chicken fingers or something like that. You know, I had both are, of those today. <laughs> really? You had chili and pasta and chicken fingers? No, I had chicken fingers and pasta today. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's not a very, that's not a, you know, very healthy meal. It's very tasty though. Yeah, I, it was. I, big fan. Big it fan. was, it was homemade tomato sauce from tomatoes that we grew. So that was pretty cool. Bro Jenkins, let the man talk. Always cutting him off. Am I cutting you off? No, we're good. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't noticed. I'm sorry if I have. I don't mean to. I don't mean to be doing that. Um, on a serious note, is it worthwhile to play ranked with a single friend who is 2K MMR below me? I want to teach him Dodo, but I don't feel like risking the MMR, and he doesn't like playing unranked. Tell him to play unranked if he wants to play with you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think. Uh, or play the role that you don't care about, whether it's core support MMR, I suppose. Sure. I think I think it's a I think it's a pretty big risk, and it's also something that could uh, degrade your skill by playing in a bracket where people aren't going to punish you for things. And if uh, that's okay with you, if you don't really care about that, then yeah, that's that's fine. But I I definitely look to to find a balance if you're looking to if you're looking to like improve at Dota as as your hobby. Also, it could affect your friendship <laughs> because if he's 2,000 MMR lower than you, chances are he is not going to do very much stuff that you expect him to, and you're going to have to tell him what to do a lot, and that could definitely be annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's definitely certain people that I've, I'm friends with, but I won't uh, party queue with, and I'm not, I'm not um, implying you, Donnie. I'm, there's, other, there's other people. I know that sounds like a... <laughs> we don't party queue. It's just both of us like solo queue relentlessly. Yeah. Which is which is a big problem. We should party queue though. I did suggest it earlier today. You yeah. can you I, back me up on that one. I think it'd be fun. I think I think we should do that with Bowie and, and Henry or whoever else we can find that's YouTube. We'll be the YouTube uh YouTube guild. Uh, Injective says, Why do I feel like Clinks is so bullshit to play against? I think it's good. I think Clinks is a broken hero and underrated. I feel like he can have the worst start and still kill everybody with his ult in a fight. I'm traumatized to the point where I instinct instinctively tell my team to get back whenever Clinks ults. I actually gotta go put Clinks in my in my thing for picking because I think Clinks is really good. Offlane Clinks. 
I think it's probably pretty good. You need like an Earthshaker or something as a support, though, if you have a Clinks. You need some hero that's making up for like the lack of initiation slash like tanky guy. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's definitely a good hero. I, I don't know exactly where I would rate him because I feel like if you have anybody who's like reasonably capable, he's pretty easy to deal with, like Spearbreaker, Slardar, or something like that that can kind of keep track of him all the time. Uh, but he's definitely good. And uh, if you're playing against him, you should really, really heavily focus on buying stuff like Force Staff, um, Medallion, any armor items, Crimson Guard. That stuff is super, super good against Clinks. Yeah, I agree. I think I think a large p- part of why he's so good in pubs is because nobody builds stuff to deal with him. Exactly. Because he's not he's not he's not like abused enough for people to know. Which means that he's probably a really good hero to be picking right now if you want. Totally. If you want to. Yeah, nobody nobody more. builds Crimson Guard anymore. Like barely no. anybody's building Medallion, even though it's extremely overpowered. Yeah. Okay, average Epine says, "Hi boys, what do you think of Wraith King position three? What items would you build? Would you still go Midas Radiance? Is that too greedy?" Um, I, yes. I don't like Wraith King position three, and I would say if you are going to pick a Wraith King position three, it's probably because you picked it as a one and you flexed it in your draft or something like that. We're talking like purely a competitive drafting. Um, and I would not go Midas Radiance. I think the offlaner needs to fulfill a very different purpose in the, in most games. Because most carries, you have some Juggernaut going for like a Maelstrom or Battle Fury or a Troll or a Midas Radiance uh, Lifestealer. So you don't have the space to really build a Midas Radiance. And if you do, it's because the enemy team sucks. So I would say for like offlane Wraith King, the build is probably like Phase Drums Blink. Armlet maybe? maybe. Maybe armlet, yeah. If you want to go more for, like carry, if you want to be more of like an offlaner, probably a medallion is pretty good. Um, I, I think mean, eventually you could get a radiance. Eventually, I think there's some merit to also playing him as an aura carrier, just because he's like very persistent in fights. He's you know he has two lives. He's going to be providing like a pipe aura, crimson aura, um, that kind of stuff. And one thing that I've always thought is probably really broken if you could figure out how to do it or like your team would allow you to play it this way would be to go for like helm of dominator build and then just become like lichen with skeletons on steroids but i don't know if that's really viable just because i guess the, the only problem with that is that like as a position three wraith king one of the most frustrating things is you're never last hitting anything to get skeletons right you're just you're running around and trying to fight and like you sit you sit in the lane and last it with pathetic damage for like 30 seconds and then you're at another fight that's so true. It, it, it does it does feel really bad in terms of abusing that element of wraith king which i think you need to abuse if you, if, if you want the hero to be strong right um, injective says since jenkins and donnie are talking a lot about starting uh the first minute of the game is position five and the offlane is a tri-lane how's this in the first minute start with two sentries plus one ops immediately run to the safe lane easy camp place one obs in one corner of the camp one sentry in the opposite corner uh, I, I think that th- i think that that's no longer a play that you can ever make because you just have one sentry that dewards the entire camp, so I don't think I don't think doing that is is good. Yeah, just place uh, one one sentry to block. Yeah, it. placing one sentry is great though. Like that's that's great. And then placing a ward to like scout the bot rune or something like that. Uh, contested bounty, uh, block the enemy safe lane creeps before aggro to ensure creep wave meet uh, creep wave meets on safe laner's tower. Yeah, that's very good, especially if you want the lane to be pushed out. Uh, with the wave push out in your favor, get a kill or heavily zone the enemy safe lane, TP back to your own safe lane. The only problem with like continuing zoning the enemy safe lane is that I believe it's probably going to last longer yes. than your wave uh, at the at whatever your safe lane is, begin your tower. 
So you can't you can't waste that much time. It's more of like you wait and see if there's a kill, and if there isn't, you like immediately TP. Yeah, I think you definitely do everything that you just said, other than the two wards in the camp, and then you just harass them as they're trying to stop you from blocking, or within the very first wave and try and get first blood, maybe around the runes, um, and then you just go. I just played two games of support and did this in both games, and it went pretty well. So. Um, I, I think that that's probably the good rotation. I really do like this idea of letting your safe lane have the first two waves completely free because they always end so, up with, with more experience than the off laner. It's like it's, it's so really, good, really man. good. Yeah. Even even if you're not doing anything as a support, if you're not there, it's good. Yeah. And what are you going to do in the first minute? There's no pull camp. Yeah. There's no camp to pull. There's actually no reason to be bottom for the first minute. Or top, depending on which side, which yeah. side you're on. No, there's no that, point being in your safe lane. Safe lane. Yeah. yeah, there's no point being in your safe lane. I actually, Very little point. I really, really like the idea of doing that whole rotation and then smoking mid and sniping the courier on your way to the bottom lane. Yeah, that sounds sick. Yeah. That sounds really sick, actually. I mean, even running over after after the bounty room and sniping the courier doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. Depending on, like, if you think you can get a kill in the lane, and if you can, well, we may as well go snipe the courier. Yeah, exactly. It's It's one or the other, pretty much. Okay, lots of uh, lots of chat, lots of chat in here going on. Uh, how do I get kills in lane? Who against a sniper? This is Shadow Trader that asked this. Uh, who maxed uh, take aim first? <clears throat> Never get a chance to X him ever or hit him with Tidebringer. So we're talking about Kunka, Kunka here. Just wait, uh, so wait till six. Yeah. So so what I, what I would say is like there's there's a there's a few ways you can do it. Uh, number one, like you have Tidebringer, so you're probably going to push in every wave under his tower, and then you can like dive the tower, or you can go get a rune, you can wrap around, uh, and 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 go from like a different angle. I, I think I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make when it comes to playing around the mid tower is just trying to like face roll into it, and it's one of the safest places on the map. Yeah, uh, that, there's a there's a reason people don't gank the mid lane anywhere near as much anymore because. It's it's so difficult to just run at it. There's so much vision, and there's these high grounds and all these areas you can hide and TP spots that you can hide in. So it's it's re it's really hard to just run at people face first. So you want to like pick up a rune and kill, or push the lane in and then dive because then you have no creeps that you need to last hit, and you've you've your creeps that are protecting you from getting shot by the tower. It, it's it's things like that instead of instead of just like expecting to like run through a creep wave and and grab them. I don't think that happens anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you should be able to dominate the lane enough just by tiebringing the wave, especially if he's going max take aim. Like, I mean, what does that do against Akunka? You just shove the wave into his face. He doesn't even get to utilize oh, yeah, the range at all. Aim, he doesn't even do damage yeah. if, you're, if, you're maxing, if you're maxing take aim. Yeah, I mean, exactly. If you shove the wave, then the range is not used. So that seems like a pretty good, uh, pretty good solution. Uh, somebody in chat, Raymond said, where where do they get the questions that we're answering? Uh, we answer questions from Patreon subscribers first, uh, which if you want to ask some questions, patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy, shameless plug. Uh, but we will we will get to answering questions from chat after uh, after we finish the Patreon questions, which there's not that many more left. So yep. we'll we'll get to you if you if you have any anything you you want to you want to chat about. Uh, let me find where the hell I was again. God damn it. Where's our sniper boy? Oh, there it is. Okay. 
Was that nerf enough to get rid of Alks in my game? Says JCJ himself, RFX, uh, Kegel Boy, Kegel Master. No. So, <laughs> really? I haven't seen Alk a lot. Well, he said in his games, and there is a very slow trickle-down effect from high MMR to low MMR. So you will still see Alk in your game for the next three months if you're below, like, 3K. I'm not. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Alk fall off pretty pretty damn hard right now it, and it should <laughs> it's definitely not nearly as good as it was trash hero so if you do see elk in your game rejoice because that hero is the worst laning hero in the entire game period there's no worse hero than him in the lane and that means that you are going to lose the first 10 to 15 minutes of every single game if you have an elk on your team and that means that if you're playing against the Elk, you should be able to take all of their Tier 1 Towers and potentially win the game in the first 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, I think he, I think he, I definitely would not be rejoicing if I had an Elk on my team. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be some anti-rejoicing. Yeah. I don't know what I'd be doing it. Uh, let's see. also feel reading people from messages is so bad. What? Uh, I, I I think I think I think we did a I think we looked at one of his replays, and we were kind of like assuming shit based on the uh -oh. the text, which it's hard. I mean, it's it 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 is hard. You're right. You're right. If, if that's what you're saying, yeah, it's 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 hard to get an idea of 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 how somebody is or what they're actually thinking without having them in like voice with you. But I guess I guess I I do want to reiterate because we we don't we don't say it all that much these days but whenever we're whenever we're like criticizing replays and stuff in replay review it's it's from a place of like wanting people to improve it's there's no you know there's no like ill ill will intended or anything like that and it's from a place of like usually if Donnie and i are talking about some shit really like viscerally it's because we're like passionate about it because we fucked it up before you know what i mean like yeah. that's usually how it is for us where we just go super ham on a topic because because it's some shit like binge queuing, for example. Like the amount of times that Donnie's like called me, it's like, fuck man, I queued twenty-five games in a row, lost them all. It's like, you know, it's like every other week at this point. And then I'm calling him saying the same thing. So if we're telling you not to binge queue and getting real angry about it and real real passionate about it, it's, it's because we're fucking guilty as well, dude. So anyway, uh, let's see. Moy Moise? Moise, 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 Moise. How do I pronounce his name? Moise. Mouse? Moise? I just call him Moise. I don't know if that's... Moise? Yeah. Uh, I love playing Pudge, and I am pretty decent with the hero. Recently, I won a lot of matches with it. Uh, I feel impactful with it in a game. You feel impactful. <laughs> I ended up with around almost a 69% win rate and a 14 win streak. However, now I feel scared to pick Pudge because I'm too careful about my win streak and win rate. <laughs> <laughs> am I scared of losing... And I feel stressful every time I play one of my favorite heroes. How do I deal with that at Elevated? Uh, I mean, your win streak doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I, I guess, so, I don't know. Maybe you have a goal of having a really high win streak on a hero. And if that's the case, then that's, that's a fine goal to have. But if your goal is to climb MMR, if your goal is to get better at the game, then you can't care about wins and losses. And... It's just like, I don't know, 
caring about the results of your game is probably the worst thing that you can do ever. It's like it's worse than jungling on Legion Commander. It's worse than anything. If you care about whether you're winning and losing each game, it's just really bad. <laughs> I, I can't stress enough how bad it yeah. is. No, I know. I know what you mean, man. I'm with you there. That that's why it's so good to play when you just want to have fun playing the game because you, yeah. you're just gonna you're just gonna play from a place of like enjoyment. You're you know it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like oh my god I'm gonna lose my win streak so I need to go fucking kill this guy or smoke or do something stupid. It's and you get like really upset when your teammates do anything slightly wrong because you're like oh no they're jeopardizing like what I have my special my precious my precious you know and uh, like. I don't know. I, I feel like there's two ways to approach it. Either one, make sure that you just really want to have fun and play the game. But sometimes that can be really hard because you do you are so caught up in this like this need to either win or not lose your win streak or whatever it is. And so if you don't have the mental resilience to deal with wins and losses, I think it's actually pretty valuable <laughs> if you can deal with this to always quit after a loss because so fucking hard. it's, it's, it's so really hard. brutal it's really brutal Ugh. for the first few times that makes me cringe thinking about it dude but every time you lose you have to not play anymore for the rest of the day or at least for like 12 hours and so you're gonna get used to this feeling of how shitty it feels to lose but then you'll notice you'll start to notice that after about 15 20 minutes you completely forget that you lost the game because you're doing other stuff you know maybe you're cleaning your house maybe you're going to school maybe you're doing homework whatever but you'll just completely forget the results of your game and you'll you'll be like, wow, I can't believe that I used to let winning and losing games affect me for like several hours after it happened because that's not healthy. It's not a healthy approach or relationship to the game it's at not, all. It's not good. It's not good for winning either. It's the thing. It's like, you know, you talk about it from, you, you can talk about it from a perspective. I know you're not saying this, Donnie, but you, you, like generally you can talk about this from a perspective of it's not healthy for your life to care that much about a video game, which I, you know, I think, I think it's true. I think caring about any for fun hobby is, is that much as can be, can be a slippery slope, but it's actually better for your, for you to for winning. Like yeah. you, you're a higher likelihood to win in Dota and to get significantly better if you don't fucking care about it, which is one yes. of the most convoluted things, but it's always been that way. I know so many people that are insanely good at the game. They spend all day playing World of Warcraft. Looking at you, New Sham. But, like, <laughs> these people are fucking insane about the game because, number one, when they play, they're putting 100% of their effort into it. And they're just playing because they really want to play because they've built up that urge to play. And then when they're not playing the game, you know, these people are professional players, so they're still thinking about it, which also makes them want to play even more. So there's there's still really productive shit happening for, for playing the game better. And uh, the ironic thing is it's the polar opposite of what people would think would happen. Yeah. Thinking and theory crafting is extremely underrated as far as your development as a Dota player. In like, Dota? Jesus, is it ever. I've been seeing so many people asking, how do I, um, how do I learn? Like, I feel like we get the question all the time. People, people want these, like, cut and dry answers. What's the best carry hero in this current patch? And then... Really, what we want to teach people is how to think about the game to figure it out, right? And thinking about the game is just something you should be doing. If you enjoy thinking about the game, you're going to figure out stuff. You're going to be like, you know what? What if I were to buy this small item on my way to this item? And then 
that would probably be more efficient than going for this item. And then you try it out and it works and you're like, holy shit, I just had a huge revelation about how itemization works and it made me a much better player in the long run because that's, you know, those kinds of concepts are really what separates a good player from a really good player. Yep, agreed. It's, uh, I've, I've heard of quite a few players that, that just think about the game and don't play that much and they're really good. Yeah. Like the best of the best. I remember Zai said something along the lines of like Secret doesn't even scrim before tournaments. They like five days before a tournament or like a week before. Like they don't play with each other that much, which is why like Mid One and Zai will stream all the time because they're just giving themselves time to chill. I mean, Ana took like a what it was it, like a five month break or something? Won a second TI. Yeah, he came up with the carry IO strat because he was playing with his 2K friends in Australia for six months, and carrying them with carry IO. And he's like, this would probably work. <laughs> yep. Ridiculous. Uh, okay, so Leoge asks, curious what heroes Jenkins would recommend spamming this patch in the offlane. Uh, not sure where things like Axe or Nerfed Enchantress fall under your list. Uh, I actually have my tier list open here, conveniently. And uh, I put Enchantress in B tier, and she might even be lower. I think I think Enchantress is a, a low tier hero. That my heal S nerf tier, really hurt, didn't it? It did. I mean, they nerfed her impetus too, so it's just back to like what it was when it was shitty too. So yeah, I would say I would say like the high tier offlaners right now are Axe, Abaddon is insanely high tier. Uh, Sand King is really high tier because he didn't get nerfed and he was already pretty good before. He's also good against a lot of the like meta carries that people are picking. Night Stalker. Uh, yep. Yeah, Night Stalker is high tier. Veno, in my opinion, is, is moving up the list. Lashrak is is really good. Um, I saw Brax playing a bit of Chaos Knight, but he's probably like C tier. I don't know. There's there's potential there. I still think Ogre is not that bad. Kunkas Kunkas not that bad. Uh, Kunkas probably B tier. Uh, Legion. I've I've seen Legion like moving up in a lot of people's lists. Uh, that that might possibly be an a tier hero we'll we'll see but uh yeah fat rider's yeah. still really good it's a pretty good list yeah centaur is centaur on there or no centaur's like c tier in my opinion sure so he's he's still on the list though like there's offlaners that, like i literally don't even put on the list like underlord i, I don't put them on the list <laughs> pick Maybe this hero if you want to de-boost your mmr yeah, if anything, he's like C tier, but I have him in like the lowest, like lowest possible tier. So he's not even on the list. Uh, okay, so uh, Sparky says in Legend uh, position one, Legend five, but I seem to have hit a plateau. How do you approach meta changes, and how do you figure out quickly which heroes to play and how to itemize accordingly? Been trying to figure out what to play for the past week, but it seems. That gold is so slow right now, and I'm relearning the entire role instead of just the meta. I would say just watch top games yeah. and watch... Dota 2 Pro Tracker uh, is your best friend. Yeah. Dota 2 Pro Tracker. Uh, just, just watching top games is what, is what I do right now, because Dota 2 Pro Tracker is not exactly like updated. Um, I see Moonmeanders in a game right now, 1-11 on Underlords, so that just fucking shows you <laughs> like how good, how good that hero is. And uh, you know you can yeah you can you can click through and just see and see what people are playing and see what's good. Yep. And I think I think that's a really good way because because right now people are in like the experimenting phase where they're just they're just kind of like getting a feel for for what's good. And, Agreed. Yeah, it's nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. Also, I gotta, I gotta experiment. List, honestly, 
try stuff that you think sounds good. Again, it comes back to the, think about it. Okay, this was changed. This item's really good right now. Does that work with my hero? Cool, maybe it does. Try it out. I've tried quite a few things. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a hundred percent sure. All I know is that Axe is still good. Sand King is still good. Abaddon is still good, and Night Stalker is good. Yeah. And all of the other offlaners, I have no fucking idea. I don't know. I feel like Kunkka might be good. I feel like Lashrak might be good. I was just saying, I feel like Clinks might be good. I played a Veno game. It felt really good. But it's hard to say which of these heroes are like broken tier until we see like turn some tournaments or yeah. people like really grind pubs. I don't know, it's it's hard. It's a hard thing to figure out. Uh, Professor Ravioli says Necro is my most played hero with a few hundred games on him. Have over a seventy percent win rate. That's impressive. That's insanely high. Uh, I usually go mid and stack my auras with an Aghanim to Death Ball and keep my team alive. Uh, who overextend. Recently, it's felt really weak, and I can't figure out if I need to be playing a different role, different build, or if the hero is just weak. Uh, I would spend some time watching your games, because if you really just have no idea... I think if you're playing Necro as a mid laner, the mid lane is a very active role right now, and that, that is, is not an true. active hero. That hero is not active. That that's, that's a big, big thing that I'd be careful with if I were you. Although he does say that he likes to play it active and kind of death ball-y. So, I mean, that seems okay. You know, like anytime there's an active mid, generally speaking, at least right now, the, the mid is tending to be one of those lanes that grabs a rune, ganks bot, grabs a rune, ganks top. Like they're taking their influence and moving it to the side lanes as much as possible. Necrophos doesn't do that so much. But alternatively, anytime, so slow. Yeah, anytime you do have this active mid meta, they're also comes like a secondary meta of like death balling kind of just like bulldozing mid heroes like death prophet and these heroes that can timber saw it can just kind of like walk down the mid lane take advantage of the fact that the mid mid laner is always leaving and then just create pressure that way but i don't know i haven't played it in necrophos in a long time i played it offlane and it felt awful but i don't know we'll <laughs> see we'll see i think veno i think veno is underrated i think veno i think veno is probably good We'll see. I'll have a I'll have a tier list for for you guys. I played a five Veno the other day, and I did like third highest DPS in the game or damage in the game. Yeah, he does that. My poison sting. I did twenty two thousand damage with poison sting in like a forty five minute game. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Unbelievable. That's insane. Poison Sting's a good spell. He hits somebody once, does like 300 damage. Yeah. Uh, so Sparky23 says, also, how do you deal with supports that refuse to play the role slash lane accordingly? I would understand if that it happens when every player is playing without communication, but I try to communicate as best I can to let my support know when it's time to leave, stack, zone the enemy, rotate elsewhere. But sometimes what happens is I either I'm behind in levels, support dies multiple times in lane versus strong offlaner. I'm behind a farm, relegated to the jungle because I lose the lane. So you're basically asking, what do you do when you have like a support in your lane that just won't fuck off and is feeding? Rotate. Go do something else. Let them solo the lane. Yeah, just just don't let the don't let the laning phase keep it, it continue in a state where you don't like it. That's that's the that's the bottom line. A lot of people will just sit there and be like, oh, this is my lane. I have to be there. But it's not true. If you rotate at six minutes in Dota, it's good. No matter what hero you are, yeah. it's probably good. Like if, you, if you're if you the one to make a rotation, you kill somebody, it's it's great. Yeah. Um, and then laning is over. And then you don't have to worry about some guy feeding your lane because you've ended the laning stage. Yeah, actually this is, okay. So <laughs> before the call, I said I wanted to rant about something. 
I just played two games where I gave my carry a level and a half lead. They hit level six, they hit level seven, they hit level eight, they hit level nine, and they were continuing to go back to the same safe lane over and over and over and over again. Instead of taking that level advantage, being the strongest hero on the map because they had a level advantage, and using that level advantage to leverage themselves more farm, more kills, more pressure on the map. Instead, they took the level advantage and they basically threw it away and sat there in the lane until the other team came and ganked them and killed them and took advantage of their level advantage and used it to boost themselves. And if you're doing that as a carry, you are losing your team the game. So if you have a good laning stage and you're the strongest hero on the map or you feel like you're strong, you should go somewhere else and become active. Do not sit in your lane statically and hope that you're eventually going to outfarm the other team. Fuck carries that don't rotate. Yes. Oh, I'm a carry. I'm going to carry the late game. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> you watched Dota in the past year? Exactly. You, you do things. You do things. Why does it take people so long to realize that? It's know. like people watch games. People watch games. They watch TI, and they don't copy the things. They, like, wait until, like... No, they copy the heroes, but that's where it stops. They copy the heroes, and they're like, I'm an alchemist. I'm going to sit in the jungle and hope that my team makes space for me for 45 minutes. Meanwhile, Arteezy's rotating at level 6 to push two towers, take over the entire enemy jungle so you can farm, and they're like, I don't know how Arteezy has 600 CS in 25 minutes. Maybe because he's active! No, dude, he's just... Better at hitting creeps than other people. That's what it is. He never misses any last hits. And somehow yeah. that equates oh, to twice yeah. as much farm as you could ever get in the league. Right, lane. exactly, exactly. Uh, Gangsy says, what do you guys think about the Coddle buffs? How the buffs uh, made him playable slash pickable in the pro meta? What were the Coddle buffs? Oh. I think they made uh, Blinding bigger. light, yeah. Low cooldown. Yeah, low cooldown. Oh wow, they took fifteen sec or sixteen seconds off of it. Yeah. Uh, and then they incre increase the cast range. Uh, Chakra magic mana leak is a little bit better. And then the will o' wisp flicker to plus three. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's probably not a bad hero, but. You can have really useless support duos with like a coddle yeah. in the game. I think if you have a hero that abuses the ultimate, like some Enigma or Sand King or Earthshaker or something like that, they they can like use the ultimate as like a setup, kind of like a Winter's Curse. Mm. And it's probably pretty good. Like AoE stunners. I think I think that's pretty good. But anytime a hero needs to be to to have friends picked with it. A lot of the time, that is what innately makes them like B or C tier or A tier if they're really good, but they're never going to be S tier because you have to draft other things with it, which you don't always have that uh, advantage in a game. Especially in pubs. Yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than picking a hero that basically needs to have a combo <laughs> into a pub game and hoping yeah. that your teammates will pick that hero and also be able to play it at a competent level. Combo in pubs. Yeah. That's as if that's a thing. Uh, okay, well, that's it for questions. So nice. we can uh, do a oh. speed round if you want. Open her up. Yeah, all right, chat. We, uh, we've been reading you the whole time, so we've seen all of the terrible things that you've said about us and each other. I'm very disappointed in you, but uh, for let now... Let me tell you, my doctor said that for, for a micropenis, it's quite large. 
So I get that all of you think it's funny. Oh, Jenga's a micropenis. It's actually quite large for its class, which is an S-class micropenis. Why do you have to make this about yourself all the time, Jenkins? I'm trying to open it up for chat to ask any questions they might have about their bodies or whatever. And here you are trying to steal the show. Listen, if anybody has a B or an A-tier micropenis, I'm not saying that that's worse. It's just that it's categorized as not being as good, um, which is not worse. It's just not as good. So... Just fucking relax, Donnie. Like, oh. I'm so sick of every time dealing with this. Okay. With you. Uh, I'm, I'm confused why Jenkins isn't a metal guitarist with that hair. Uh, I've never considered that. And uh, I'm going to go buy a metal guitar. I have a wooden one in the other room, but... Do you play instruments? No. Okay. I well... play the skin flute. Your dad. <laughs> Fair enough. Gotcha. What's better first picking, carry or losing gold until your team picks? Losing gold. Agreed. 100%. Did I see Black's broken arm? Yes. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I actually played a, a, a big role in that, and I feel a little guilty because <laughs> I started the arm wrestling competition that was, that was happening. It was actually me and Sammy Boy that started arm wrestling, and all of a sudden, everybody was arm wrestling. And so, all of a sudden, Black's breaking his fucking arm. I was also encouraging him to do ludicrous shit all week. Good. I was like, I was, I was really antagonizing him. Good, good. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to be a pro Dota player, you got to have good decision making. So, Black might be lacking in that area. He needs to practice a little bit. I was a bad teammate. <laughs> you know, the worst thing about him breaking his arm is that we were like eighty percent done Cuphead, and he couldn't finish because you need two arms to play Cuphead. So, unfortunate. I had to restart my save. I have a very high versatility, and I know a lot of stuff about all the heroes, what the skill does, how to counter-initiate fights, but I'm stuck in Legend 3 after 8,000 matches. What I need to learn. Uh, probably specialization, and yeah, I would say specialization. If you have high versatility and you feel like you can play any hero, chances are you're just picking stuff at random because you feel like it. And that's a very good way to do a lot of stuff in a very mediocre way, which will get you stuck in Legend 3 for a very long time. Source. Have been there. Yeah. <laughs> if you are starting a team, who would you rather choose? Is your mid, Sumail, Topson, or mid one? Uh, I would choose Sumail. I would probably choose mid one because I think he's a little bit more versatile and sometimes he'll be willing to play sacrificial. Sometimes he's caring, but can't go wrong with Sumail either. I feel like Sumail could just 1v5. I just get three other like idiot players. Sumail just 1v5s for us. Any thoughts uh, on Tree and Protector right now in the meta? Strong. Really strong. Yeah, he's he hasn't really been touched, and he was pretty good way like several patches ago. Uh, what's your view on position for Rubik? Do you think it's high tier support that can climb MMR? Yes. It's probably pretty much always a good hero until they severely nerf his ability to steal spells, which will never happen. R Rubik, Rubik is like an S tier four, in my opinion. I think how, I think if you're a good Rubik, it's it's a it's a good patch to play. How do you play position four differently than position five? I always feel like just another position five with more gold items. And what are the differences and responsibilities? Ooh, we could talk about this one for a long time. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is... But essentially, you need to take some time to get farm. You need Your to... Core. Yeah, you need to recognize when there is nothing happening on the map or when you're starting to fall off from being able to force 
fights or force pickoffs. And th at that point, you need to go find farm in the jungle, on the enemy side of the map, in the lanes, wherever you possibly can to get a couple key items so that you can continue to have impact. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you basically need to play like a core. You need to you're a core that doesn't have a lane. Roaming is really important. A lot of the time, you're the hero that like. A lot of the time, you're more of a core than your offlaner. So. Yeah. Your 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 life your your job is very very important. So uh, yeah, don't fuck up. Don't fuck around. What if you only like playing a few different heroes? That's good. You'll probably gain a bunch of MMR. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's great. You should be doing that. I mean, that's that's like that's like the best players. Yeah. Is Necrovo is Necrophos viable this patch? Doesn't seem like it. Is Enchantress dead? It seems like it. <laughs> Elevated. Can we queue together? Yo, Hassan Shamyasani is asking if he can queue with you. Elevated. What's your answer? I mean, if he happens to queue at the same time as me, sure. <laughs> can Drow be a position four because of a new precision aura and gust blinds? No. Probably not. I don't think you should ever base a hero. <laughs> I don't think you should ever base a position four hero on a level fifteen talent. Right. That's that's when you get yeah, the blind. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, <laughs> I think you're gonna get flamed for picking draw position four, and probably rightly so. Guardian pleb here. Your tips have helped you gain a couple hundred MMR in the last few weeks, but I feel like I'm still slow. Are these bad gains and any tips for leaving the bottom trench? Those are good gains. Those are good gains. A couple hundred MMR in a couple of weeks is way it's better like, than a lot of people. It's like working out. You know, you don't see that many gains, but then it's like a year later, you weigh 30 more pounds. Yeah. Who's the so best position is. four pro player right now? I've been wanting to watch a replay on best pose four. Jerax, maybe. Jerax, FY, GH. Probably those three. Let me see who's who's playing. Crit. Crit, yeah, crit's good. Crit has played 60, 66 matches. He's he, he, he's played the most. He plays so much TI. Dota. So I would watch him because he you're gonna see a bunch of new heroes that he's experimenting out. with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is any one of you gonna stream after this? I will not be. I don't know if you're I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Anymore. No, I'm. I'm gonna start streaming. I, I need to upgrade my my graphics card, and my CPU. My my computer's like shitting the absolute bed when I'm streaming these days, so I need to. I need to upgrade my stuff. It's like a five year old computer, so it's about it's about time to to upgrade it. At what point? Here's the last one for this episode. At what point does improving at Dota become more about macro knowledge versus micro skill? That's a great question. At what point does improving at Dota become a macro knowledge, not micro skill? Um, honestly, like four to five k, I would say. I've, I, I feel like when I when I do coaching sessions and when I watch replays, I see very little difference in terms of the micro skills that people have from like four to five k games and my games. I, there's n some guy. There's a hook that somebody should hit. They hit the hook. There's a good black hole opportunity. They hit the black hole. There's never anything like, oh, what a moron. They shouldn't have done that. It's, it's never like that. Yeah. Uh, what separates like a 5K player from a 7K player is, is like understanding if I sit in a lane against this guy, he can't farm. 
and nobody else can prevent him from farming. So I'm going to follow him for five minutes. And then right. five minutes later, you have a 5K gold lead because you did that. You made that single choice. That's that's what 7K players do that 5K players don't do. And yes, there there's a lot of you know situations. I just I just gave like one thing, um, one one you know concept, and there, there's a lot to it. But honestly, it's it's like I, I've said this before. There's like 10 to 20 like big things you need to you need to learn. And if you're just playing like three heroes, you should repeat them every game. You'll be really good. It's just that's why spamming heroes is so important because for each hero, there's like uh, just a few things that you need to do every game, and you're going to be solid. Like on Sand King, if you're playing Sand King and you're not sitting in front of towers defending them for like at least five minutes straight, then you should be playing a different hero, or you should learn how and why to do that and why it's good, because that's like every game that's like five to ten minutes of playing that hero if you're playing it correctly. And, and every hero has something like that. That's just a Sand King thing. There's an equivalent thing you need to do on Earthshaker in every, in every game. There's these mm -hmm. windows. And there's an equivalent thing on Zeus. And there's an equivalent thing on Tinker. Like stacking and, and at what point you leave. to. I, I can't tell you exactly what it is. But on every hero, there's an equivalent thing. You just need to figure those out. And you'll be 7K on, every, on, on whatever those heroes are. Yeah. I, I want to take a slightly different approach to answering this question. Just because I think I think what you're saying is correct. Like the the micro skills will carry you up to four to five k and then after that it's basically decision making that will get you farther than that um i think that you should focus on micro skills to the point where stuff becomes relatively second nature while you're playing and you have the ability mentally to then start looking at the mini map more than you're looking at what's going on in the game and thinking about what's going to happen next instead of having to think about, oh my God, I'm going to miss this last hit. Like at that point, then you can start kind of considering what the map looks like, reading the game, reading what the game flow is, what's the pace of the game, what items should I be going based on how things are happening. Um, and that that could happen at various MMR brackets or on different heroes, depending on your comfort level. But... If you're if you're constantly thinking about your mechanics because you're just not very skilled yet mechanically on a hero or just because you're new to the game, then focus on that until you have some like uh, bandwidth available mentally to be able to focus on other stuff. Bam. Agreed. Agreed. Solid. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna call it there. Thank you so much for tuning in for asking really good questions this week, and thank you to our patrons as well, as always for the support. Uh, anybody who wants to join the Patreon Brotherhood, the Alkluminati, as it were, uh, check out patreon.com slash dotalchemy, and we'll see you on Thursday for replay review. Ain't that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs>